podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the 5 Year Plan Podcast Extra here at the Hawthorns in the corridor, sort of near the kitchen bit, um, where Palace have drawn 0-0 again for the second game in a row. This podcast is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography, professional unique photography, weddings and more. Go to mirandajaneephotography.co.uk. Uh, and I'm joined this week by Rob Warlow from the Quoting Advertiser. How are you doing? Hello. Fine. Good man. And making his debut on the pod, Jack Watson, also from the Corridor Advertiser. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, a little bit cold now you're driving this corridor, but are we doing all right? Start off with a complaint on the pod, first time on. <laughs> Unbelievable. It is a bit cold, so we will rattle on. Um, and to be honest, there is a quite a lot to talk about, though, Rob, isn't there, with this game? Um, Palace drew 0 great result. But even before the game started, we had Julian coming in for Wayne, who got injured in the warm up. We had Kelly coming in for Tompkins. Tompkins came in in the press room before the game. Lots of things happened, didn't they? Yeah, it, it was, as Roy Hodgson kind of has, has alluded to, it was, it was a case of they had a lot of excuses, didn't they, for yeah. this one? Um, I, I think most people were surprised when James Tompkins walked in 10 minutes before team news was announced. We thought, I'm likely he's going to be playing then. <laughs> <laughs> and particularly as you know, Roy hadn't mentioned any problems with, with James beforehand, so it was a bit of a shock. Um, obviously then... The teams were announced, Wayne Hennessy was in the team and then soon enough he was out of the team because he had a back spasm in the warm-up. So not an ideal preparation for a game and as we've now found out since, that they had a nightmare journey up as well. So Yeah, so, yeah, so Roy told us that they, they went to get a train on, when was it, Friday. Friday. Uh, train left the station, train got stuck for three and a half hours, the lights were turned out, there was no toilets or anything. Then another train came along to pick them up. It's, some, like, it's like an action movie, isn't it? Um, and then they got to the, the hotel late, and then there was an Indian wedding till 2am in the morning. Oh, we had uh, poor planning, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, Jack, they could have had plenty of excuses to lose this game, but actually, in the end, knowing all that, they've put in a very professional performance, haven't they? Yeah, very professional. Um, it, was, it was dogged, you know, with, with Pardew, you know, in his first game at West Brom, you were expecting them to be you know, quite lively, and they were, especially in the first 10 minutes, I think Palace did really well to make sure they weathered that storm in the opening few yeah. few minutes and sort of came through after. But, yeah, you were professional, respected the point, you know, decent result, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it was decent. I mean, it wasn't most entertaining. Second half, Rob, a lot of West Ham, West Ham? West Brom pressure. But, again, you know, Palace dealt with it, didn't they? And we're seeing this improvement week to week. Definitely. I think defensively you can see the work that Roy Hodgson is putting in with his coaching staff. You know, they're becoming a lot harder to beat. They are they are 
more organised, better drilled. You know, they're, they're looking like they are going to be hard to break down. And, and all right, yes, West Brom had the better opportunities in the game. There's no doubting that. Benteke had a good chance in the first half, but second half, Palace barely got in West Brom's box, to be fair. So they did have to weather the storm a bit. And But to their credit, they did. You know, they, they never at one point looked like they were being carved open. Um, and I think you've got to give... Palace credit for that, you know, the, the players who came in, I mean, the likes of Martin Kelly came in at centre-back, not exactly, you know, he's not perhaps the, he wouldn't be everyone's first choice, on, on, you know, first name on the team sheet, but he's come in and done a job today, and, you know, Joel Ward was excellent at right-back, a couple of brilliant blocks, you know, to, to deny West Brom in shooting opportunities, so I think you've got to give credit where it's due, and Palace have put in, like you say, a professional performance, a dogged performance, and they've got a point, which, you know, in the context of things, is another point on the road. That's two clean sheets in a week. Having not had one all season in the league up to this, then you've got to give them credit for that. Well, and it takes them off the bottom of the table for the first time in, what, two months maybe or something? Uh, above West Ham and Swansea in the league. Let's get back to what Robert's saying though, uh, Jack. Joel Ward. Best, it's his best game for years, surely. It's like Joel Ward of 2014. It was Joel Ward for England. Do you remember those chances? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, really good performance from him. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad he has, because he's kind of been in and out of the team, so I'm really happy now that he's you know, managed to put in a performance like that. Um, I've just spoken to him. Was he thrilled of it? I mean, it was just another game for him, but I'm, I'm sure he will be quietly quite happy with that, because that, that keeps him in the team. Um, does, and, and does Joel Ward have emotions? Does he show emotions? <laughs> You'll have to ask him yourself. <laughs> That's a great way to start an interview with that. Um, no, no, he, no, I'm sure he will be happy with that performance, and we need it as well. Those four blocks that he made, all of those efforts were goal bounds, um, um, and, you know, without without those blocks, we might be talking about a loss now. Yeah. And what about Jules as well? Jules was fantastic. You know, coming twenty five minutes he had to prepare for this game today, and he's put in yet again another sort of performance. I always said with Jules, and he gets his chance, he always takes it. Yeah, ever, the ever professional. I think particularly his save um, from Jay Rodriguez. Jay Rodriguez was played through. Um, Speroni stood up. Um, you know, stood firm, and you know, was able to clear the ball. Where you know, you might have thought of another goalkeeper in there, it might have been 1-0 to West Brom, but no, he did really well, um, and you know, fan favourite, I'm so glad that, just another clean sheet, like, it's so nice to be able to talk about a clean sheet after the game, as Rob was saying, they look so much better at the back as well. What does Roy do now, because, you know, Jules has come in, he's, he's done very well again, I know Wayne's got a back spasm, don't know if he's going to recover from that, but can you, can you drop Julian after that again today, if he's one of Palace's best players? Possibly, probably not, uh, I mean, he did last week when, yes, he was partly at fault for that Everton goal two weeks ago, but I think a lot of people thought it was harsh to drop him for the Stoke game. I know Roy said that Wayne Hennessy has the height advantage and he wanted that for, for Stoke, and I suppose you can take it on a game-by-game -game basis, but he kept Wayne in for Brighton, and to be fair to Hennessy, he did nothing wrong against Brighton. He had a good game, you know, and so he's kept, he would have kept him in today. Obviously, he named him on the team sheet to begin with. I think, you know, as you say, Jules has done well when he has come into the side. I think he's as you say, he's the kind of the ever-professional, isn't he? He doesn't really put a foot wrong when he is in the team. And I think we've seen that even when he did against Everton, fans didn't get on his back. You know, they, they kind of accepted it was a mistake, they happen. And the mistakes with Jules are few and far between, aren't they? You don't get too many. He normally puts in a 7 out of 10 most weeks, and, you know, he's fairly solid. So if it was me, no, I don't think I would drop him. But obviously, you know, it depends on what happens in training, doesn't it? Whether Wayne is fit next week, it's a, it's a selection headache, but I expect Roy will welcome that. Jules also never moans about it. You never hear him moaning about not being in the team. He's a very professional, just just gets on with it. What would you do, Jack? Keep him in the team for next week? Yeah, it'd be hard to drop him off that performance. What I would say, 
for, for his heroics in the second half, you, you would suggest that Jules looked a bit uncomfortable with some of those, you know, Everton, uh, Everton what am I talking about? West Brom forwards, <laughs> particularly Rondon. No, you know, he came early on, he came for a couple of corners and crosses, um, looked a little bit lost, but, you know, he picked up in the second half. Do you go back to Wayne Hennessy after that performance? You've, you've, you've got to give it to Jules for taking his opportunity. And I'm, I would be hopeful that Roy rewards him with that. Yeah, me too. I think we all would. Um, let's listen from, from Roy now. This is what he said to reporters directly after this game today here at Portland. How are we doing? Okay. It's changed, isn't it? Has it always been here? I thought it was, I thought it was closer. I didn't seem to have to walk so far, but there you are. Memory plays tricks on you. Yeah, you're right. Memories play tricks on you. Good. Well, it's, not, it's a nice moment, I suppose, you know, and I don't want to be, you know, too clever about it. Of course, if someone said to me before the game, you'd be off the bottom at the end of it, I'd have been very happy. But I'm not exactly carried away by it because I thought today was a good point. I thought it was a good performance in many ways, especially considering the mishaps that we, we had along the way getting here and with our staff. Um, but um, there's a long, long way to go. But if we can keep doing what we've done in the last three games, I think there's good auspices that we will we will get ourselves out of trouble. Um, but we've got to just keep keep doing it. But today, you know, we had to thrust four players into the team at the last moment. Not least of all the goalkeeper who had about 25 minutes notice he was going to start the game when the goalkeeper we intended to play had a back spasm. And of course, with the disastrous journey we had yesterday and those type of things, it's, you know, I thought that the players were provided with a lot of excuses today for not giving the right type of performance, but they never took those excuses. They, they did give the right type of performance and I thought that we, we got a deserved draw. Forgive my ignorance, what was the well, happened? It was a nightmare. It was, it was a wonderful day. We'd had a nice training session, quite short. The sun was shining at Beckenham. We, we got to Euston Station in good time for the train. We got on the, got on the train at 3.23, and at 3.30 it suddenly stopped dead because there'd been problems with the wires overhead, the wires overhead on the electricity. that, that they, They'd been seared off, so the train stopped to a dead halt. And then, of course, this train is now in a track. It can't go anywhere. And uh, with very little information, we spent three and a half hours both in the dark, in the cold, with no toilet facilities, nothing at all, really, until they eventually managed to get a train alongside us to evacuate us and get us to, to, to Birmingham New Street. So instead of being there at quarter to five, we arrived at 9.30. And then, of course... Uh, the hotel that we had intelligently booked was was the venue for an Indian wedding, so there was plenty of noise there as well <laughs> until two o'clock in the morning. So basically, anything that could go wrong did go wrong, uh, and the players could quite easily have been excused for saying to me, you know, this is not, not going to be our game. But I, I thought that that wasn't the case. I thought, especially in the first half, I thought we played some very good football and looked to take the game to West Brom for long periods of time. 
And the only problems we had really were at the end of the game, which unfortunately always happens. You know, when you play against a team that are strong, are physical, have got some very strong forward players and strong wingers who look for crosses at every opportunity and get the ball into your box at every opportunity, you know you're going to have to do a bit of defending in there. Um, but that really was probably the only time I, I thought that the game might escape us. I try not to be one of those managers who comes in all the time saying, you know, had it not been for this. But I did think we were a bit unlucky on that one. I've seen it again. It's a difficult one for the referee, to be fair. I mean, it's certainly an indirect free kick, which is what he's, I think, now probably going to suggest for handball. But we think that he actually caught Wilf Zaha's leg and, you know, tripped him up. Uh, you know, I think he did very well bad, actually, to be fair, having... Having made the first mistake, I thought he did brilliantly to scramble along there virtually nose to the nose to the earth to stop Wilf getting away. So I, I feel a little bit aggrieved about that, I suppose. Probably more so because of the penalty that got given against us when the asset died for Everton. So we, if there's a god up there who takes care of those type of decisions going forward, he should be on our side. I was actually thinking about the other one as well, with Pagazzi, who yeah. came from behind and... Yeah, I haven't seen that one again, so I, I'm not quite as as clear on that one. But in the first half, I thought we had some good moments in front of their defence, and that's in the second half, somewhat less so. Um, but it was a good a good performance from the team. I'm really pleased with them. You know, there's no, you know, we're we're modest. We're bottom of the table, and we know it. We're seven games, zero points, which basically, in most People's eyes will see you virtually out of the league. We've had to fight and climb our way back into some sort of situation where we're in, in competition with the others, and uh, that's all credit to the players. You know, if we if we'd have taken the the same number of points uh, pro rata from the first seven games we've done the last eight, we'd actually be in the top half of the table. How important is it to you to get this away goal and get that? Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be a confidence factor. You know, I think the fact that we are constantly aware that we need every point that's there to be had. I think, uh, and, and of course, people are reminding us all the time and reminding our forwards all the time, we haven't scored yet. I think that when, when and if our situation in the table improves somewhat, I think that that will also help because it will take that enormous pressure off. You know, people underestimate the the <clears throat> importance of pressure on football players. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a physical game, it's also a mental game and when things aren't going your way and when people keep telling you you're not scoring enough goals or you're missing too many chances, that pressure builds up more and more and it's, it becomes it becomes a a vicious circle, and there's only one way out of it, and that is to make certain that one day you come and you, you score the goals. We could have done it at Brighton, we perhaps could have done it here, but we haven't. Uh, so modestly, we'll be happy with the with the points. We're happy with the clean sheets because we we let in 17 goals in the first in the first seven games we played, and now we've let in eight in the next in the next seven. So that's a definite step forward. Just wondering why there's only six subs. Well, that's a very good question. It, it wasn't intended to be. We came here with 18 players, but um, 
before overnight Scott Dan, who was actually due to play, basically, felt a recurrence of the virus problem that he's been suffering from, which gives him pains in the chest and cuts his breathing, so he didn't feel confident that he could play. So we had to take him out of the game, and there didn't seem to be any point in putting him on the bench either, because he made it clear to me that this problem will prevent me from playing. Um, and then, of course, the goalkeeper goes down in the um, in the in the warm-ups, and once again he has a back spasm, which again, hopefully, could clear up by the next time we play. But it didn't. It's not going to clear up in the 20 minutes to kick off, so we had to put the second goalkeeper in, and we didn't have a third goalkeeper with us. So, once again, no point in putting him on the bench either. So our 18-man squad became 16, and uh, we we dealt with it that way. You can only use three of them anyway. <laughs> Couldn't have got someone up here quick on a train then. <laughs> no, I don't think we could. And I don't think, by all accounts, there was a big problem on the M40 motorway. Couldn't have done that either. Listen, I did the journey when I was the England manager from my home in Richmond to places in the Midlands and, in particular, places in the northwest of England. I did that journey numerous times. And under four, four and a half hours, would have been a record, and the number of times I spent six hours and travelling, you know, uh, an hour and a, a 20 minutes train journey or a two hour train journey, I couldn't begin to tell you. So uh, I'm more worried now about the journey home because I think the trains were messed up as a result of that accident today coming out of Euston. I'm more worried that there's going to be plenty of traffic on the way home, but at least I'll go home with a smile on my face, not least of all because the reception I got from the fans, I thought that was fantastic, that really, I didn't expect it, and uh, it's something that really warmed me and uh, made me feel very proud as well, really, proud of the fact that uh, I had a good year and a half here, which I really enjoyed working with the club, with the players, with the staff, but how nice to see that reflected with the with the fans, so I shall, I shall certainly take that home with me tonight. They're only applauding you because you got here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so we'll do it separate with the Mondays. Yeah, very good. Right, very good point. I'll take Thanks. that one. Welcome back to the 5 Year Plan Podcast Extra here at the Hawthorns. We've moved around, and there's a lot of background noise in the first part. I apologise for that. Um, I don't know what they're doing up there. We've moved further and further down the stairs into the lower bit of the Hawthorns. Will we ever make it out? Who knows? Um, anyway, this podcast is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography uh, for professional, unique photography of weddings and more. Go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. And, of course, I'm joined by Rob Warlow and Jack Watson from the Croydon Advertiser. Um, guys, it's very cold. So let's wrap up quickly. Um, Roy was in good spirits today, wasn't he, Rob? He was making everyone laugh. He was. He enjoyed the uh, reception he got from the West Brom fans, didn't he? I think it was a, It shows how much he was loved from his time here. I mean, they, they were seeing there's only one Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson gives a wave, you know, all those yeah. chants were coming out. And yeah. I think he enjoyed that. He, he, you know, obviously, he was pleased with the point as well, the result. Given what a, the circumstances beforehand, I think you take the point in the end. And, yeah, he's happy. It's two, point, two points, two clean sheets in a week. You know, it's, this is something to build on now, and Palace are four games unbeaten. Who'd have thought they'd be saying that a few weeks ago? Yeah, he got more love today than Alan Pardew did, which, knowing Pardew, would have wound him up so much, Jack, wouldn't it? But is that a measure of the man? You know, Roy's such a n- nice guy, gent. He's clearly respected in the game by everyone. Yeah, and you, you kind of 
begin to sense the players also buying into that as well. Obviously, they'll you know work for whatever manager. But if you ask any of the Palace players how you know what the feeling in the team is or how the things are going under Hodgson, they they've only got like nothing but freight praise for him. And it looks like the hard work on the training ground is starting to finally you know pay off. You know we're seeing mistakes cut out and bits like that. But going back to Roy, yeah, waves all round. Um, you know, smiles from from him. Uh, you know the West Brom fans gave him a lot of. A lot of nice, nice songs. Uh, less so for Pardew from Palace fans. Um, <laughs> there were some colourful chants, we'll say, um, coming from the, from the away end this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were hilarious, to be honest. Pard said the other day, didn't he, that, oh, he'd give the Palace fans a wave, but that was never going to happen, Rob, was it? I was surprised by those comments when he, when he said them. Um, yeah, I, I think he came out and said a few things in his press conference, which I'm sure Palace fans would take issue with and perhaps wouldn't agree with. But you know that's fine. That's his opinion. He, he said he felt he deserved more time at Palace. He didn't, you know, he didn't get it. But I think some Palace fans might say he had long enough to turn it around. You no, know, at the time, he obviously there is still that affinity. I think he's got a bit of affection still for Palace. You know, he played and managed the club. He spent a lot of time in his career at the club. So there's obviously still that affinity. And I think you know he he was respectful about things in the in his press conference afterwards. I didn't think you know he, he said about. West Brom's defenders probably won't come up with that sort of come up against that sort of test from you know the Palace wingers and players that often outside of the top six. So he's complimenting Palace a little bit, and yeah, I mean he wasn't asked about the chance, so it would, be, it would have been interesting to hear what he would have had to say about them. But yeah, I think it was always going to be a little bit mixed, wasn't it, from the Palace fans? You know, I think they were coming up here. It, it, it must have been a strange situation for him to be in because his first game in charge of a new club and it's against the club that he left less than twelve months ago. That's that's how football works, isn't it? We know that. But it must have been a bit of a strange one for him. Oh, it was weird for Palace fans, because last season we came up here and it was Pulis everyone was taking the, the piss out of. This season, it's Pardew. Who's going to be in charge of West Brom next season, Jack, when we turn up? <laughs> no, it's going to be DeBoer. Every Frank But um, there's a lot of talk before the game. People were asking Pardew in his presser, oh, you know quite a lot of these players played with you at Palace, um, now you're the West Brom manager. I don't feel like he really set up in a knowing way, like he just went three up top and tried to attack it, but he didn't really seem to use any of his knowledge of Palace to attack them today. It's almost like it was a bit of a gamble with his first game at West Brom, sort of going, right, here's the team I've named, you lot go and show me why you should be playing for West Brom under me, you know, and, and, and that's how it looked, and you know, they started off really well and after they did look a little bit disorganised. Um, I mean, you would have ex- you would have imagined, you know, the, the, the knowledge that Pardew has of these Palace players that he might have been a bit more tactically, you know, thoughtful about how he set up. But you know, it's, thankfully- tactically, it's tactically thoughtful. Something we've ever associated <laughs> with Pardew. I mean, well, well, thankfully, thankfully there was less less nails from him on that part. But you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll turn things around at West Brom. I'm sure he'll now go on a run of winning five or six games. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, in a few months' time, he'll, he'll drop off, but he'll keep them up. I think he probably will too. And, and Palace now, Rob, 18th. Off the bottom, was it four games unbeaten now? Some big games coming up at home, but it, this is pretty much going the way that Palace fans, I think, probably hoped with this run of games after those hard ones. Yeah, I think so. I think you've got to accept a point away from home in these games. You know, you, I said to you during the game, didn't I, that yes, respect the point, but there will come a time when they've got to win these games, you know, away from home. If it, the longer it goes on, when they're only picking up one here and there, you know, I think it does put more onus on the home games. Does you know the likes of Bournemouth and Watford next two? I think Palace need four points out of those probably realistically, yeah. um, particularly with Leicester away and Swansea away. I mean Swansea is a big game because of where they are. Leicester have moved up a bit recently. You know they they seem to have turned it around a bit. So that's going to be a tough one next away game. But I think Bournemouth and Watford at home now, 
you've really got to be hoping that Palace win at least one of those. If they can win both, brilliant. But if they can win at least one of them, probably you choose what uh, to beat Bournemouth if, if you had the choice because yeah. Bournemouth are a tide that aren't too far away from Palace. So, you know, they, they've got to look at these games and we said it when they started this run of eight fixtures before Christmas that they can't afford to lose them because they then lose ground on each of those teams. If they win, they're obviously clawing their way back and they can maybe climb out of the relegation zone so we'll see I think four unbeaten at the start of the, the eight, eight game run is, is a good you know is good to yeah, yeah they, they still need to pick up wins when they can and I think they'll still need at least a couple in the next four to you know hopefully be out of the, the bottom three by Christmas but that'd be crazy wouldn't it given the start we had to be out of the bottom three before Christmas would be fantastic I mean it, w- it would show not only the improvement in Palace but actually how bad some of those teams are around Palace that we've caught them so quickly are you feeling confident Jack going into, into these games having seen us today and, and the last few games yeah I mean it would be great to get out of the relegation zone and of course it doesn't look great for Swansea and West Ham who are below us after such a disastrous start but it's where we should be well, at least where we should be I and mean, we, we probably will start the season with you know, throwing around tenth, eleventh, ninth. You know, where we're going to finish, and this is a, this is where the squad should be going now. So it's 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 re- it's, re- it's a real relief now to finally see the squad moving. You know, up the table, yeah. getting out, getting off that bottom um, spot. I think was really important today. Like I asked the players after the game um, what it meant to them. They said absolutely nothing because they're still in the relegation zone. So that that well, that was to be expected. But I think for fans and for the club as a whole to not be now the worst team in the league and having to move, you know, moving up the table. You know, and now we're going to be looking up, perhaps, at some things we can be catching, which is just a huge relief, yeah. I think relief is exactly the word. I like that. So let's end there. Um, thanks for joining us, lads. No, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, we'll be back with you with the full pod in a few days' time, guys. Thanks for listening to this pod. Uh, keep checking us out on social media, at FYP Fanzine, and let us know your thoughts on Palace. Are you feeling relieved as well? Let us know. Uh, and we'll see you soon. Bye. ¿Te preocupas por tu familia? Entonces, ¿por qué darle solo huevos ordinarios cuando pueden disfrutar de lo mejor? Egglands Best, los únicos huevos con ese delicioso sabor fresco de granja, además de la mejor nutrición, como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y 25% menos de grasa saturada que los huevos regulares, además de muchos otros nutrientes importantes. Así que, dales los mejores huevos. Egglands Best, mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos. Sports Social Podcast Network.